We're going to continue our study in the book of Gospel of Matthew. We're in Matthew 18 now. Today, I'm going to share with you a message, a very poignant and powerful message on title, We Must Forgive. So I'm going to clearly talk on forgiveness, and I want to be, try to be as comprehensive as I can because it's a subject which many of you have heard before, but you take it from this passage uh, from the Lord, and uh, uh, believe me, I've done a bit of research on this and seeking the Lord on this message. So let, let's uh, read Matthew 18, 21 to 35. Okay, uh, bring your printed Bible, uh, whatever it is, but just in case you didn't, I'm terrible. I, I just cannot, you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not so what, uh, huh? But even though it's, you must bring your Bible. Uh, you go to church, bring your Bible. Bible. Because if you don't, your children will watch you, and before long, we will breed a next generation who is biblically illiterate. Let me read from Matthew 18, verse 21 to 35. You can follow there. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, hey, you want to read together? Yeah, why don't we all read together? Shall we do that? All right, all read together from your version or from there, up to you. Are you ready? One, two, three. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debts, and let him go. Everybody read 28 onwards, or 20, uh, 28, 1, 2, 3. And when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me. He demanded his fellow servant, oh, sorry. When the servant saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I cancel all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you in anger? His master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed, 
And this is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. This is very scary. Very scary. I will explain to you how scary this is. Take the word of God at face value. Don't only take chunks of it that blesses you. Every word, take it seriously. This is very scary. I don't understand the theology. But if God says, I won't forgive your sins, He won't forgive your sins. How could that be? I will ask the Lord when I see Him. But as it stands, He won't forgive you. On the strength of not this one verse, four times, I checked out in Scripture, same thing was mentioned on four different occasions. If the Lord says something twice, take note. Twice, twice. Take note. Why forgive? What happens if we don't forgive? And what happens if we do forgive? But we must forgive. Hard though it may be. Let me begin by a quote from C.S. Lewis and then a true story. C.S. Lewis said this, everyone agree that forgiveness is a lovely idea until we have someone to forgive. And it's absolutely right. I'm not saying this is easy. I'm not superficializing it, trivializing it. No, every one of us, including me, believe it or not, find it hard to forgive. But we must forgive. On the 1st of January, 1982, Kevin Tunnel, 17-year-old boy was driving home after a New Year's party. On the way, his car crashed into another car and instantly killed 18-year-old Susan Herzog. Clearly, he, he was his fault. He was sentenced to three years probation and one year community service for involuntary manslaughter. The Herzogs, the parents, were not happy and satisfied. He sued him on a civil suit, which the Herzogs won 1.5 million USD, a lot of money which the tunnels couldn't pay. So they settled it out of court. And this is what the Herzogs wanted Kevin to do. For every week, he must write a check for one USD to arrive at a Herzog's home every Friday for 936 Fridays, one week for every 18 years, for the whole of 18 years. You know how hard that is? Every week, Kevin must write a check for one USD. Clearly, he couldn't fulfill it. 
he went to jail. He couldn't fulfill it. He went almost bonkers. He said, every time I hear a voice, I felt as if it was Susan coming towards him. But let me ask you one more thing. Every week, you know, the Herzogs receive one check, one ringgit. Do you not think it also reminded them of the pain? No closure. Who do you think were tormented? Both. Why? They chose to be that way. For 18 years, 936 weeks, every time the Herzog family received the one US dollar check, the torment, the trauma came back again. It was all self-imposed. Why? That's why we must forgive. Nobody benefits. Peter in this passage thought that he was so magnanimous because according to rabbinic teaching, you only forgive, you are required to forgive the same person who has sinned against you to a maximum of three times. So Peter knew that, and he was very magnanimous, and he said to Jesus, seven times, why? So I doubled the three times and add in one more time for good measure. So he thought Jesus would come to him and say, Peter, you're so good. Awesome, Peter, awesome. Jesus says, no, 70 times, seven times. In other words, forgive, forgive, and forgive. Why? Why is it so important that we must forgive? So why forgive? Hear me very well. Because all of us need forgiveness. All of us without exception, including me, including Billy Graham, including Peter himself. Peter himself needs forgiveness, right? Wow. Every one of us, without fail, owe a massive debt to the Lord. All of us, without fail, have sinned before God. And the amazing thing is this. Even though all have sinned, and you say, I pass it, I, I'm not, I'm a good man. Sure not. Ask your wife. <laughs> Ask your children. I don't know. Every one of us needs forgiveness and have been forgiven. You know, when Jesus Christ died on the cross for you and for me, He forgave all your sins. 
when he shed his precious blood on the cross. And don't take it lightly, my friend. Don't treat it as if every time you take the, the communion, ah, another time. No. Jesus says, remember. You know the song we sang just now? Lord, I remember. I remember. It cost Jesus his life, the sin, God sent his son for you and for me. And even now, even as we continue to sin, 1 John 1, 9 kicks in. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just. Whose justice? Whose faithfulness? Not yours. His. And we run to him, God forgive me. Even now. Why can't we forgive? Exactly that's what Jesus said. This man was owed, owed the king how, how many? 10,000 talents of gold. 10,000 talents of gold. And I found out that one talent is anything between 60 to 80 pounds of gold. And one ounce of gold, I just checked it this morning, is 1,518 USD, one ounce. Six, one, 10,000 talents of gold is 60 to 80,000 pounds of gold. I worked it out. It's 24.5 billion USD. Clearly, this man couldn't pay. Couldn't pay. The king said, I forgive you. He owed, somebody owed him 100 denarii. I cannot forgive you. Why? You don't know, pastor, you know how much these Christians hurt me? I know. You think Jesus doesn't know? You know Jesus doesn't know that people hurt him? I said, Father, forgive them. This is a very important message, my friend. Listen to me very carefully. And I will share with you in a short while what happens when we don't forgive. Who do you think is put to jail? And this is done by the Heavenly Father. As I said, friends, I don't understand the theology. What is there? Forgiveness is a choice. Everybody say this to me. Everybody say, forgiveness is a choice. One more time, left to right, front to back. Everybody say, forgiveness is a choice. I can't force you. You decide. You decide. So what happens if we choose to hold on to it?
before I say that, you know, Reader's Digest had a competition. Worldwide, to complete this phrase, I never regret. So entries came in, I never regret giving a tip, giving large tips. I never regret serving my country. I never regret quit smoking. But the winning entry was this. I never regret forgiving the person who caused me pain, which gave me relief I thought I could never have. Erica Jones, the winning entry. The world recognized it. When you forgive, you will have peace. A lot of things that you shortchange yourself all these years. Can I address a group of people here, if I may, lovingly? You're a non-Christian. You're totally cheesed off by Christians who have cheated you. You know how many times I've met people who love Christians, love to come to church, but something holds them back. Why? Because they've been cheated by Christians. And it says, if that is a Christian, I will never become a Christian. Can I say lovingly to you? Can I stand in a gap on behalf of these people who have cheated you? Forgive them. That's what the Lord would have done, understand? They probably say they don't represent me. They are Christians and they are Christians. They don't represent the whole of Christendom. Anyway, why, why take it out on God? Why take it out on God? Why prevent yourself because people, a Christian by name maybe, have cheated you? And you say, I don't want to avail myself of eternal life. Can I encourage you today? Forgive. Everybody say, We must forgive. One more time, we must forgive. Why? Because if we don't forgive, looking at scripture, it's you who are in prison. That's what he says. If you don't forgive, and what scares me is the heavenly father throws you into prison. What does it mean? It means to say that not only is your soul wounded because somebody has offended you, you cannot forgive, but now the wounded soul is now put in prison without help, without medical help. What has happened? The wound will fester. Spiritual septicemia will take place. But you say, Pastor, I'm okay. 
No, you're not okay. When septicemia takes place, you don't know it, man. But it will manifest out in every part of your organs. Both physically, emotionally, mentally, and of course spiritually. Listen to me very carefully. You don't want to put yourself into prison. The unforgiving heart is a prison of your soul. Let me share with you why is it uh, that God takes forgiveness so seriously. Put your finger on Matthew 18. Turn with me to Matthew 6. We'll come back to Matthew 18 again. Listen, I have prayed long and hard over this message and I want to be as honest, as comprehensive and as biblical as I can get. In Matthew 6, the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, teach me how to pray. And so, the sinner's prayer, or what you call the Lord's prayer, all right, was shared. Now, can we all read the Lord's prayer together? You can either memorize it by heart, or you read it with me. Is it okay with you? All right, everybody. Now, when I, you come to the word debts, use the word sin, okay? And then we will finish the whole thing. Thine be the power, thine be the glory, the power, Thine be the kingdom, the power and the glory. But it's not written in Matthew, ma. All right. Okay, let's all read together. Shall we do that or memorize it? The Lord's Prayer. Left to right, front to back. One, two, three. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. But Jesus didn't finish. Look at the next two verses. Which aspect of the Lord's Prayer? So many aspects. Did Jesus continue? Forgiveness. In Matthew chapter 6, this is how the Lord continues. Pick up one aspect, you know. This is how you pray, the Lord says. This is how you pray. So when we pray, wow, this is how you pray. He says, if you pray and if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. This is the second time the Lord mentions the same thing. If you do not forgive others their sins, your heavenly Father 
will not forgive you your sins. Believe me, uh, four times. Four times in the scripture, Jesus mentions this. That's how important it is. We skip it. That's why we must forgive, hard though it may be. Because if you and I don't forgive, your Father will not forgive you. How can that be? I thought Jesus Christ died for my sin. Yes. I told you, I don't understand and I don't want to speculate. That's how serious God views unforgiveness. The unforgiving soul, heart, is the prison cell of your soul. You are put into jail. You are wounded and now you are uncared for. Wow! Can you imagine a wound that is festering? And flies. You know, the Lord of the flies is a term for the devil will lay maggots on it and you will fester and it eats into you. So what happens is that you lose your inner peace. But you say, Pastor, who said, I can sleep well, I can do everything as normal? Ha, it's not true. Unforgiveness eats you alive from the inside out. Believe me. It's like a maggot, a germ that festers and eats you from the inside. On the outside, you look good, but you are prone to bouts of depression. You are prone to bouts of outbursts. You cannot sleep. You, 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 you don't understand why you behave like that. That's because your internal milieu, in medical term, that's called the internal environment, is not at peace. Believe me, this is the word of God. This is the kingdom principle. And God works by principles. It doesn't care who you are. Never by position. Is the posture. Never by position is the posture. That's why a lot of senior pastors fall. That's why a lot of senior pastors hold grievances imperceptibly and they run into trouble. So when I say this, I'm speaking to myself, understand? And the third thing that happens when you don't forgive is that now the unforgiveness will sooner or later manifest itself in physical ailments. Emotionally, your psychosomatic disorders. It's true. Believe me, and now being medically trained, I did a lot of work, I went through Google on this, and I found out that many studies have been shown, and, and this is a list. 
It's not exhaustive by all means. There were about maybe 30, 40 cases, but I just listed down the first 10. One study says that unforgiveness is like spiritual poison. One study says that unforgiveness eats you alive. And these are some of the things, the physical ailments that manifest itself out because internally you are not at peace. Things happened years ago, you still carry it. Your pastor, your wife, your husband, your father, your mother, your work colleague, your friends. For the Herzogs, 18 years. How long? You tell me. Depression? Emotional outbursts, and you don't even understand why. Chronic back pain, increased blood pressure, in higher blood sugar. That's, that's interesting. Higher blood sugar, you know. No wonder your diabetes is not controlled. You know why not? Because internally, you're burning a lot of fire. It needs sugar, ma. You're burning in anger. You're burning in stress. So which fuel, what fuels it? Mentally, emotionally, you need fire, ma. You need sugar, so you stress the pancreas. You stress the pancreas. And that's why the pancreas fails. And you've got diabetes. And your blood sugar cannot control. Cardiovascular disease, arthritis, joint pains. It's true. Suddenly you got the ache here, ache everywhere, the joints, pain. Hardening of the arteries, atherosclerosis, cardiovascular disease, unable to sleep well. And this is very interesting, cancer. So when I saw the word cancer, go, 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 I got on Google. And I found what happened. Dr. Stephen Standiford, the chief surgical oncologist of the Cancer Treatment Center of America says this. Unforgiveness is classified in medical books now as a disease. According to Dr. Stephen Standiford, Chief of Surgery at the Cancer Treatment Center of America, refusing to forgive makes people sick and keeps them that way. Of all the cancer patients, 61% have forgiveness issues. With that in mind, do you know that forgiveness therapy is now being used to help treat diseases such as cancer? Do you know that? This is the latest. Cancer! 61%! No. And hear it from the guru himself. You know, when my father-in-law, bless his soul, he has passed away now. He's a chain smoker. He, he smokes cigars, you know. I know a couple of times I shared a room with him. Oh no, I was choking to death, literally. And I prayed for him, you know, grab him nicely, you know. Still he smokes, you know. Do you know what stopped his smoking? When he found out his blood pressure was high. He went to Dr. Ng Sun Gan, and Dr. Ng Sun Gan, hey, blood pressure is sky high, you know. Literally in 24 hours he stopped, you know. Why? Uh? He's worried about his health. Listen, 
You want to be unforgiveness? You want to die. You want to, you want to have cancer. You want to have all these things. When I show you all these things, you want to have that. And don't blame anybody. God, why is it I suddenly have all these things? Because you harbor unforgiveness. And God cannot work much as he would love to. We must forgive. Case in point. We have, I used to have an elder in my previous church. Bless his soul, he's also passed on now. Very angry man, no? Scold people all the time. Man. I, uh, every time I go to the service, uh, short skirts, uh, sometimes mini skirts in those days, you know. Come late, uh, lock the door. No? 7.45 was the service. Uh, 7.45, sharp lock the door. No? Even one second later, so you're out. Easily offended, unforgiving, bitter. Scold and wow, really angry one. And it shows up in his own family dynamics as well. Everybody, uh, Jeff, you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> but you know that he suffered from uncontrolled diabetes. So much so that his leg had to be amputated, correct? No? His leg had to be amputated because gangrene, ma. cardiovascular disease, arthritis, his severe pain on his joints, severe back pain. And most importantly, I don't know why he had vitiligo. What's vitiligo? This is vitiligo. His skin turned white. All the melanin disappeared, you know. And he died a miserable old man. Why? Why? Because somebody offended you. If Jesus can forgive you, can we not forgive? So you tell yourself every day, Lord, I forgive. Now it's not easy. I'm not trivializing it. Believe me, my friends. I, I know it. I've gone through it myself. But you tell yourself, I will forgive. I must forgive. You know, what happens when you forgive? Five things happen to you. Number one, the imprisoned, now this is, uh, I, I'm just summarizing, huh? what happens if you don't forgive? Now, a case in point. I want to look at it positively. My mom, she's 96, Five years old, two years ago, and every year now, she's still 95, okay? <laughs> so she's very conscious of her age. So every year, we're going to celebrate her birthday soon, next uh, couple of months' time. That mom, 95 years old still. <laughs> she comes to church. She just came back from a cruise in Europe. Why? Uh? There's peace. She has forgiven She walks to church, even though she sleeps through my sermon. 
like some of you are doing now. But she's strong and healthy. Believe me, this is medically proven. So forgiveness is a choice. You decide. You decide. What happens when we forgive? Clearly, I mentioned this so long because I take it very seriously. You have holistic health. It's not only physical health, you know. It's holistic health. You can sleep well. You are at peace. You know, that you, you are not prone to emotional outbursts. You are tenang. Remember tenang? I told you last, was it last week? I can't remember now. It was not, not last, two weeks ago. You, you, you are tenang. You are, at, you are settled in your internal milieu. You see? And, and that's what, uh, 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 I'm going to give, give you two scriptures. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 to verse 8. Come on, read it with me. Are you ready? I know the font is very small, but can you see it? All right. Why don't we read what the, the Bible says? Is it okay with you? All right. Left to right, front to back, read out loud. One, two, three. In the Lord always. I will say it again. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Do not be anxious about anything. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will now guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, Whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable or praiseworthy, think about such things. It's holistic health. Your mind, your heart, your body. Think on these things. Rejoice, thanksgiving. Why? Eh? Because, again, neuroscience has shown that there are good hormones and there are bad hormones. Next year, all right, we're getting Dr. Robbie Sandrega to come again. He's a well-known clinical psychologist, and he has done research and that kind of thing to say that a lot of work is being done in a field of neuroscience as recent as a few years ago. Times Magazine had a leading article on it, you know, advances on neuroscience, and it's true. And the Bible is way ahead of all this scientific advancement. You see, when, 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 when you think of these things, what is noble, thanksgiving, rejoice, what happens? You are now promoting the, 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 the expression of epinephrine, dopamine, oxytocin. These are good hormones. It bathes all your system against noradrenaline, histamine, nor, which these are fight and fright. So your internal milieu, look, this is... Whether you believe it or not, it is scientifically based. And the Bible is so good. Years, even before they discovered this, the Bible already knows this. And the peace of God, and the God of peace will now guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Think on these things. 
The second portion of the scripture, 3 John verse 2, you all know this. Read it with me. This is the prayer of Paul for his friend Gears. He says this, come on, everybody read, left to right, front to back, one, two, three. Friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you even as your soul is getting along well. Even as your soul prospers. Wow. You talk about prosperity monetarily. What about the prosperity of your soul? What's the point of having so much money you can't enjoy? You tell me. So Paul was very concerned. I pray, and I pray the same for you, that you may enjoy, it's not good physical health, huh? holistic health. You sleep well, all your back pain is gone, all your arthritis has disappeared, you're not prone to emotional outbursts. Most important thing, your cancer risk is minimized. Your blood pressure goes down, your blood sugar is okay. You sleep well. This is what I call holistic health. And I pray for you that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you even as your soul prospers. Come on, let's give what a crap offering. Shall we do that, friend? Come on. So what happens when we forgive, and I've labored this before, you're set free on your soul. You're no more in prison. Many years ago, um, when I came back from Vancouver after my Bible school, about two or three years later, I was invited to do an FGBMF banquet in Kota Kinabalu. Having spent 14 years in KK, I left Sabah, went to Bible school, and I came back. And I remembered after the FGBMF meeting, the altar call was given, and this lady stood one corner waiting for me to finish praying for people, and she came to me, and she says, Dr. Chu, will you forgive me? What? Why you ask me to forgive you? What, 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 what have you done to, to me that I need to forgive you. I said, no, Jesus forgives you, not me. No, doctor. I know Jesus has already forgiven me. And I need to hear it from you. Tell me why. And she said that I was among the last patient that I saw before I left KK. She was pregnant for her, with her third child. And she wanted to abort it. I said, no. She went to another doctor and got the child aborted. For three years, she carried that guilt. Three years. And I said, I prayed for her. And I had to say the word. I forgive you. She cried like a baby, man. She just knelt. Prison soul was set free. But 
triggers wire. You tell me. Do you want to imprison your soul? Forgive and receive forgiveness. This is very serious. The third thing that happens to you when you and I forgive is now when we come to the altar, prayer altar, worship altar, God now accepts our gifts. What? You mean to say that if I have unforgiveness, my tithes and offerings doesn't mean anything to God? Ah? You mean to say that my prayer, nothing? Ah? Yeah. My worship will be useless? Ah? Yes. How do I know? This passage, Matthew chapter 5, verse 20, 25. Therefore, let's read it. Shall we read it together? Every time I have a scripture up there, let's read. Shall we do that? All right. Are we ready? One, two, three. At the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you in front of the altar. And enough. Okay? It's very important. Settle it. The altar could very well be the altar of, of the communion. The altar, leave it there. Go and settle it. Because Jesus says, I don't accept it. But my tithes are offering wall. Take it away. Your prayer, your worship, your ministry counts for nothing. Listen, my friend, I want to go to positively. When you and I forgive, there is a wonderful flow, and it's my third point. God now answers your prayers. Have you ever wondered why your prayer is not answered? Have you ever wondered why is it that you are always at a cul-de-sac? Everything else doesn't judge you, no. Because you harbor unforgiveness. And God cannot work. Even He wants to work, so cannot. Uh. But now, I'm going to open the altar in a shop. I understand. Nobody's going to minister to you. I'm going to lead you in a corporate prayer. Now, why can't you lead me in corporate prayer so that you can? But when you come forward here, I don't care, husband and wife, whatever it is, families, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to lead you in a corporate prayer and the Holy Spirit will cleanse you, minister to you. Nobody is going to lay hands on you because when I made that crafted in corporate prayer, I myself was ministered to. Understand? So I'm going to tell you that beforehand. Now God answers your prayers. And clearly, the blessings of God will now flow unobstructed to you and your family. True or not, Pastor? 
You have nothing to lose. Because all the word of God. There's nothing that I said today that because I'm so, it comes to me. No. It's not there. Four times Jesus said, if you don't forgive, my heavenly Father will not forgive you. Put you to jail and you're tormented. I'm going to close. Colossians 3, verse 12 to verse 13. Read it with me as I close. It summarizes everything that I shared with you in the last 45 minutes or so. Read with me, church. Can you read with me? All right. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 to verse 13. Are you ready? One, two, three. Therefore, holy and dearly loved, with compassion, If any of you has a grievance against everyone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Read the last sentence with me one more time. One more time. Let's bow our heads. Shall we do that? As you bow your head and you ponder, you are safe in this place, understand? So I'm going to give you an altar in a short while. You just come forward. Stay where you are. You just stay in the altar here. I will pray for you and I will lead you guys, every one of you, in a corporate prayer. Now you can pray that prayer sitting, standing up to you, but by coming forward, it means something. Now it doesn't please me. I'm just opening the altar. Remember, the altar the altar is biblical. Many years ago, when I was still working in Tongshin Hospital, I was also the medical director. And the staff knows that I was also a pastor. So I was doing double time. I was pastoring SIBKL, but I was also working as obstetrician gynecologist, medical director, so working three jobs. So every time there's somebody who needs prayer, especially those who, need, who are dying, they will call me because here is a ready-made priest, ma, ready-made pastor up there. Ma, you see? So I, I go down. I remembered on this occasion, and Pastor Lee, she was there, she remembered. So it happened that she was there. I received a phone call from sister. sister. Doctor, this man is dying. Can you come and pray for him? So both of us went down. Everybody remember the case. And I saw this man lying on the bed. Tomino. And there were family members around. And both of us went to minister to him. I think it was Pastor Liju who just sensed there's some disconnect between him and the wife. Because the wife was mooching around, just not focusing on what happened, just mooching around, arranging the cups and the, and the grapes and so on and so forth. And Pastor Liju said, Sir, forgive your wife. What? So I called the wife. I don't even can't remember whether the children were there or not. Reconcile. He was dying, man. 
was reconciliation. I don't know what happened to them. I don't know why. But that moment, you know, we were privy to something so special. Reconciliation, forgiveness. And I saw the face of the man. Tremendous peace. Finally, he is forgiven. I went back a couple of hours later. The bed was empty. I asked you, my friend, don't wait to that moment. You may never get it. You may never have the opportunity to get it. Forgive. Father, in Jesus' name, I want to praise you and thank you. That, Lord, you always want to give us the best. You're a good God, Lord. We sang it just now. God, you are so, so God. But the havil, the virtue of the Lord, cannot flow in when there's a blockage, when there's an obstruction. You want to bless. You want to answer our prayers. You want to give us healing. You want to give us holistic health. You want to bless our children. You want to bless our family. But God is us that is blocking your blessing. This day, we want to remove that obstruction so that the goodness of God can flow unobstructedly freely freely into our lives this day if you feel the Lord is wanting you to come forward you do so now I don't want you to stand because I know when you stand half of you go out or no I just want you. It's not over yet, huh? Don't walk out at this moment. That's why I don't want you to stand. If the moment you stand, huh, one ten of you walk out. You disturb the other people. So you sin. If you feel the Lord wanting you to come forward, you do that. Bring a wife, bring a husband along. Nobody's going to pray with you. You just come forward and stand here. Right now. Don't wait too long. please don't go away unless you have to because it's a very solemn moment. You know, it's not easy for me to preach this message, understand? But I know that. I know that. If you take God at face value, God will have now permission to work in your life. Understand? It could be your ex-pastor for all I care. Some of you come from other churches you are offended. Today, forgive. Some of you have got parents who have offended you. Brothers, sisters, workmates, colleagues, friends, cheated you. Christians, forgive. 
Some of you, especially husband and wife, forgive. Forgive. Can you make room? Please help me, pastors. Make room. No one is going to minister to you. Come forward. Let me pray with you and pray for you. It's hard, my friend. I know it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. Do you think I, I don't know it's hard? But it's God that gives us the enablement, right? When we see and understand what Jesus has done for you and forgiven you, can we not release it so that the goodness and the havil of God can flow in so that healing can take place? Wow! It's holistic health, you know. It's not only healing of your body, you know. Healing of your family. Wow. Oh, Ramanda. Let me pray for you first, and then I lead you in a corporate prayer. Father, in Jesus' name. I'm going to commit these dear people to you, Lord. You forgive. Lord, you enable them to forgive as well. It's hard. So, 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 so hard. But God, it's also hard for you to go to Calvary. It's also more than hard for you to say, forgive them. But you say, Father, forgive them. And you shed your precious blood on the cross. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. You forgave. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. We are eternally grateful to you for the forgiveness, Lord. And as we look at the cross, you have forgiven us. Thank you. This moment, this precious moment we choose to forgive help us Lord help us help us help us you follow after me this prayer says Lord Jesus I thank you for dying for me on the cross. I thank you for shedding your precious blood on the cross so that all my sins are forgiven. Thank you for wiping out all my debt to you. I am forgiven. I am set free. I am cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. I confess my sin today, my present sin, believing, O oh God, what you said in 1 John 1, 9, that when I confess my sin, you are faithful. You are faithful. And you are just to forgive me all my sins right now 
right now and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I receive it, Lord. I receive it, Lord. And so right now, by your strength and by your enabling, I wonder forgive those who have hurt me, those who have caused me pain, those who have sinned against me. I forgive them. I forgive them. Now, now you name that person. You name that person. It could be a, a list of people I don't know, but you name them to the Lord. Will you do that? You name the person. Bring that person before the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, there's wonderful rejoicing in heaven. I just sense in my spirit. Oh God. There's so much cleansing. So much reconciliation in the heaven. So repeat after me, Lord Jesus, as you have forgiven me, and as I forgive, I'm now set free from the prison of my wounded soul. I'm now released from the bondages of my unforgiveness and I know no obstruction now to my prayer, to your blessing, to my healing, to my financial breakthrough, to my family. Oh, my prayers will now be answered. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's give God a good clap offering. Should we do that? Hallelujah. Whoa! Thank you, Lord. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I want to thank you for every one of you here. Let's raise your hands to the Lord. Father, what a precious moment. What a wonderful transaction. Eternal transaction. Because eternal life begins right now. And we want to enjoy that eternal life. We want to menikmati itu kehidupan yang kekal. We want to enjoy it, Lord. As much as we enjoy the things of the world. Lord, help us to have a free flow of your blessings. So that the goodness of God will be poured out unobstructed, abundantly in our lives. Lord, even as doubts might come in, help us to banish the doubt, push them away, and tell ourselves, we must forgive because you have forgiven us. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for this precious moment. Oh, we bless you, Lord. We really want to bless you, Jesus. Oh, Ramanda Kater, come on, Lord, spring tongues for a while, should Earth it. Earth it in your spirit, man. Every one of you. In your spirit. Spirit to spirit. Will you connect with God on your own now? Thank the Lord. Thank Him. Thank Him. Will you do that? Why? Because the obstruction is removed. Obstacles are gone. Hurdles have been broken. Walls have been broken down. 
Amen. Once and for all, even as we did this prophetic act just now, something happens in the spirit realm as much as we believe that something happened in Sarawak. Amen. When Tato Janang knelt down and prayed, something shifted in the spirit realm. Bring it down to your, your earth Bring it down to your family Bring it down to your health Bring it down to your finances Thank the Lord Receive it He's a good father He's a good father I'm not going to jam up your emotions I want you to believe that this is real This is real This is real Hallelujah Hallelujah Jesus is here, amen. Jesus is here. Oh, you don't leave him behind when you leave this church. He carried the presence of God with you. Oh, come on, come on. Feel the release. Feel the Kabeba sun. Feel you're out of prison. You're out of prison. You're set free. Oh, come on, come on. Thank the Lord, thank the Lord. Come on. This year, 2019, is going to be a breakthrough year for you and your family. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, receive it, friend. Receive it with thanksgiving. Sing on these things. Whatsoever that is good, whatsoever that is noble, whatsoever that is excellent, whatsoever that is admirable, sing on these things. And the peace of God, and the God of peace will now guard your heart and your mind. Not only your heart, but your mind. In Christ Jesus. Whoa. Oh, Let's thank the Lord. Let's thank the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's sing thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Give me a right note. Thank the Lord. Just thank the Lord. I just found me the... The Lord loves you, my friend. Thank Him. Would you thank Him? Thank Him. Thank Him. Whoa. He's going to do a mighty work in your family. Don't you think you should thank Him? He's going to heal you. He's going to set you free. Thank Him. of your heart. Yes, He is. He is your everything, my friend. One more time. Thank the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank the Lord.
my voice one more time. I lift my voice. Continue to worship Him and praise You every day, every moment of your life. Stretch your hands to God. Receive it, my friend. Receive it. You are His son. You are His daughter. Will He not bless you? He is your father. Father, Lord, this day we feel the Father's embrace. The hug of the Father. It's okay, my child. All the years that you held on to unforgiveness, this day the Lord has set you free. This day the Lord will minister to you spirit to spirit. The Lord will now be able to enter into the inner recesses of the soul to heal it, to administer, not first aid. away the poison. Cleanse us, Lord. Cleanse us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. And so may the Lord bless you this day. May the Lord bless you and keep you this day. May the Lord make His face always to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn His face, His countenance towards every one of you and your loved ones and always grant you Shalom. Shalom. In Jesus' precious name we pray and the gospel say, let's give God a good clap offering. God bless you.